guys, welcome back into the Corked Up Podcast version 2, episode number 11. Already past the double digits. Uh, I mean, we were past double digits. I'm never good with these opens. I don't know why I continue to try and get like cute with it, Frank. I, I, I'm just still so frustrated uh, from the Bears' loss uh, that we that you and I both predicted. So I don't know why I'm still upset about it, but, but here we are. So uh, let's just jump right in. Uh, Bears lost to the Titans. And, uh, I mean, the score was close and the numbers looked good, yada, yada, yada. But let's be real. The Bears were never in this game, uh, at least offensively. Um, so we'll go into that a little bit more. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do a little stuff for, for the Bears' future. Because, Frank, at this point, you know, this is a team that we're going to have to really start thinking about uh, what they're going to be. They're 5-4. and four. Uh, They have one more game before the bye week. You know, we need to start figuring out what kind of team this is and, and maybe what they can be. So I want to get into a little bit of that. Um, nothing crazy. You know, we're not going to talk about who's going to replace Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace. I, I'm not into that type of business. I I can say, tell you what I want to happen. But at, at this point, there's no point in trying to predict stuff that's going to happen. We just don't know. So it, no one wants to hear that. Um, and then we'll go ahead and get into our week 10 picks. Um, and we'll, and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, last week was a little rough for me, probably a little bit better for you, Frank. I'm sure you probably had a couple different picks than me, but let's, uh, let's just start with week nine. Uh, let's just get into it. I mean, the bears, Frank, frankly, ironically looked, looked bad. They, they, it's just as it's, I expected them to lose, but honestly, I did not expect them to lose like that. What about you, Frank? Um, I, again, just like you said, I expected them to lose because I picked them to lose. I didn't expect them to lose that way. I did expect the offense to move the ball a little bit more because the Titans' defense this year has been pr- pretty bad. What Number I expected one, to be— the worst defense on third down. Yeah, and we couldn't do—I don't know what our final stats were, but it was awful. It, it's come to a point where, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, second half of, the second half of the last two games, I paid more attention to red zone than this team— because it's not it's it's not that we're losing, it's not enjoyable. Like if we pull something like this out, if the defense creates a couple turnovers and we win thirteen to ten, like it's just not for like this is twenty twenty man. Like I put up with this shit my whole childhood, where Mike Brown and Devin Hester were our two best offensive weapons, and they didn't <laughs> play offense. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's I'm I'm so over it. It being the offense being that bad. And, and with that said. I don't anticipate me making any more comments on the offense for the rest of the season if it looks like this, because we've literally said everything that there is to say. Like, I I go back and listen to our podcast just to, you know, just to kind of refine my craft, make sure that I'm, you know, choosing words or, or just whatever. And I realized, like, I said a lot of the same stuff and maybe worded it a little bit differently three weeks in a row, even since, since week two, even. You know, we've kind of had our complaints with Nagy's play calling, so... I don't, I don't anticipate me talking about that offense at all because there's really nothing to talk about. And I know, you know, going into this to this week and some, some pre-production stuff, I asked Jack, I said, do you think we should do some, like, team awards? Like, you know, get, get a little fun with it. And as I started thinking about what team awards could be, me being a former, like, third through fifth grade soccer coach, I started to give out, like, participation awards. Because there's <laughs> not, like, you, who, who can you give, like, defensive player of the year to on the Bears right. halfway through the season? I, right. You know what I mean? Like, who, I, no one, I mean, and, and the defense as a whole has been pretty good, but they're not the 18 team where you're like, oh, man, Mac came in there and made a huge difference. Eddie Jackson's getting turnovers. It's not that. If you look on offense, you could probably give Allen Robinson that because he's just Allen Robinson. 
outside of that, it's like who, I mean, like rookie of the year, probably Darnell Mooney, but he's still not lighting the world on fire because the offense sucks as a whole. There's just not, you know, there's not many routes that, that we can go with this Bears team. I will say my only takeaway in this game is that I, I loved that Chuck Pagano listens to our podcast because he was <laughs> drawing up blitzes. Yeah, well, welcome. We appreciate you. Please subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, but, no, in all seriousness, this is the defense that I do want to see. I understand they gave up, you know, a, a few more points maybe than they wanted to, but that's what's going to happen, you know, when I think, like, one of my notes that I took down was that on third and two, they ran a play-action fake and a deep shot to A.J. Brown that was a touchdown. And, you know, that's the type of plays that we should be drawing up on offense. It's, you know, it, they were unpredictable. They, they played really well. But the defense in itself was getting a lot of pressure on Ryan Tannehill, and he looked uncomfortable a lot of the times. And that's the type of defense. That was the only thing that was watchable for three quarters was this defense really trying to get after it. And the way I, the, the way I look at that, if I'm being honest, is I think Chuck Pagano was just trying to save his future in the NFL, whether that's with the Bears or with a different team. He's saying, like, look, if the offense can't get their shit together – so be it. I have to show the world that I'm a good defensive coordinator and that I can actually scheme things up. I can't play yeah. this bend but don't break, give up, you know, yardage from 20 to 20, and then, you know, hope my guys kind of, uh, you know, make, make the other team kick a field goal. And yeah. I, I really hope we see that, whether we win any more games or not, because at least that's enjoyable to watch on the defensive side. But, I mean, outside of that, what what is there to say about this game? They're undisciplined. They're the ridiculous amount of, of timeouts after first downs or on third downs, timeouts after penalties that just killed us. Too many penalties. I mean, it's 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 been a clusterfuck. And at the end of the day, what it comes down to is Matt Nagy. I, you know, it's as much as we talk about his leadership, which I still stand by. I think he is a good leader of men. I think he gets the guys to play, you know, hard for him. But the disciplinary stuff that that's unacceptable that that has to come down on you and even if you know he wants to say it's the position coach or it's this you hired them those are your guys it still comes down on you and and that i mean that that's still my takeaway it, this has been the same game that they've played for 3 weeks in a row now it's literally yeah. been the same game yeah yeah and i mean you, you hit on pretty much all the points um there was there speaking to Chuck Pagano, I, I remember this play, this one play vividly. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I, I was checking out. I mean, by, by like the, yep. this, the second, the end of the second quarter, the, the end of the beginning of the third, uh, the, the third quarter as well. I mean, I, I didn't even see the rest of the fourth quarter. Like I, I just chose not to watch it. I checked back in, um, you know, watch some of the highlights afterwards. Cause I'm just like, it doesn't matter what they do in the fourth quarter. This game is over. I remember texting you. I said ball game after um, the the Titans. Uh, the fumble yeah, recovery. Turn- yeah, the fumble recovery. And I'm just like, because you know what to expect. And I, I found this tweet. I, I saw it earlier in today, and I wanted to bring it up. It's from Brian Baldinger, uh, at Baldy NFL. He says, Chicago Bears have had terrible trend as they try to stop this three-game skid. They have scored 92 fourth-quarter points and a grand total of 86 in the first three quarters combined. And he said, can you play the first quarter like you're fourth? The division is riding on it. How, that's just so indicative of, of what this team's issues are. They wait so long to begin to start doing literally anything. And they just, they, 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 I mean, even, yes, like the box score did look closer. They just ran out of time. Why can that not happen in the first three quarters? It, it's it's starting to get to this pattern, which is pretty interesting, Frank. You see, they start the game, and this has kind of been the last three weeks or so. They start the game with with this big play, 
right? Like uh, a couple weeks ago, it was to Cole Komet, the 38-yard the pass mm-hmm. that was the longest of the season. Um, on Sunday, it was uh, the, the pass, I think it was to uh, Anthony Miller down the sideline where you're just like, they're getting vertical. Like, all right, here we go. And then they just stop. And then they just stop doing things. And they're, Matt Nagy's running the ball with the backup of a backup of a backup offensive line. Like, he has so many guys in there that just are not NFL caliber, and he's running the ball right into the teeth of the defense on third and one. And it's like, come on, man. Like, if I can sit here and say, what the hell are you doing? Why? He should know this stuff. Like, yeah. I just I, – I don't understand his play calling. And, and we saw it with the Jets – uh, our good friend, our good friend Dowell Loggins took over for the for the Jets, and it just shows how bad Adam Gase is. If if Dowell Loggins can make the Jets look respectable, but it's just Matt Nagy just gets in his own way. It gets into his head, and he just can't, like you said last week, just can't adapt, man. Like you have to adapt to the offensive personnel that you have, and and it's great that they that they did a little trick play on fourth and one in their own territory. That that's great. But then right after that, they're calling a timeout because they couldn't get a play in. And it's yeah. like, okay, so you knew you were calling this, right? It's not like Matt and Aggie's sitting there like, oh, what just happened? Like, no, he's calling for the, to go for it on fourth and one, the, the fake punt. And then he just didn't have a backup plan ready to go? I mean, my, my thing How is— How does that happen? So trick plays are worked on throughout a week, right? And And— so my thing is you were comfortable enough to call this. So in your mind, you should be stubborn enough to say this is going to work. So when it does, here's the next play. Or at least have some, just to your point, so have something in your mind. Even if you don't tell Foles that this is hot, like that continuously happens. It, yeah. It's like small stuff like that. But again, I just think it goes back to he can't handle being the OC and the head coach. I just think there's too much for him. And if he can just take a step back, let someone else call the plays for the rest of the season so maybe he can find a better balance. And even if he starts, say he doesn't get fired, he starts next season as a play caller again, I'm not mad at it. But at this point, something's got to give. Yeah, I mean, you just got to try something different. Like, you can't you can't be running these plays where you just know they're not going to work. It's, it's what Nick Foles talked about. But I, I don't care so much for, for the, like, wanting to run the ball. Like, we've asked him to run the ball, but then he decides to actually start doing it when he has the worst offensive line in football by by a mile. Like, I just don't understand. And and I think that's what's most frustrating is that Bears fans, all they want is a competent offense. And Matt Nagy talks a big game, but in the moment, you just have no clue what he's doing. And that's what's frustrating. You just don't understand his his game plan at all. It just doesn't make sense. And, I mean, Cole Komet, I think he played his most amount of snaps as a rookie. But you wouldn't know it because they just don't get him involved. And, I mean, you and I have talked about it. We, you know, we talked about it when he got drafted. We get to, we talked about it before the podcast. Like, we're like, you know, maybe tight ends are, are what makes this offense click. And But, I mean, he just doesn't care. He, he's still working Jimmy Graham into the offense. Like, it's great. You know, Jimmy Graham looked a lot better. He definitely yeah, bounced he back from, from uh, the, the past couple of weeks. But to just to draft Cole Komet in the second round, it's like our 
Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, like, are they actually having conversations together about, like, what, what they need for this offense? Or is just is Ryan Pace just doing what he wants and just giving the players to Matt Nagy? Like, it, it does start to bring up those questions of how close they are, you know, with their working relationship. You have to ask this question, why Cole Komet just isn't playing? Why Riley Ridley is still, like, he finally makes an impact. Frank, he was a rookie last year. I had this moment of epiphany where I'm like, wait a minute. He was drafted last year, yeah, not this yeah. year. I'm like, why isn't he playing? And, and, and he, I mean, he made, you know, he made a, a, a decent play, a Javon Wims type play. Um, and you'd like to see more of it. But I mean, I mean, you talked about it. That this is really the last point I wanted to make. I mean, Matt Nagy, he's, he's starting to run out of cards to play. I mean, yep. you talked about him being a great leader of men, but then we find out throughout the week that his wide receiver coach, Mark Fury talked with the guys saying, hey, stay away from from uh, whatever his uh, the, the Saints cornerback yeah. um, who who Javon Wims punched the and play later. He's like, stay away from him. play. The next play, Javon Wims goes and punches him. And it's like, I mean, if 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 his whole thing is going to be, well, you know, I can keep a locker room together. You can't have stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> you, just, you just can't. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 been puzzling, man. And it, I think it's a little bit of a loose comparison. But as you were talking, I thought of something that I think is pretty funny. You know how, like, super far-right people, especially the alt-right, and I'm talking politically, like, they look at the left and like, they're just here to, like, take away our guns and do, like, that is what Matt Nagy is. It's like, oh, he's going to be so aggressive. Like, he's going to go downfield. And then like, we watch on TV and it's like, it's not that whatsoever. Right. Like, it's not anywhere close. It's yeah. like, it's all fucking stop routes. It's all, you know, predictable runs on fourth and one or third and one and third and two. And it's just like, this is not what we thought we were getting going into everything. And, not and even it's, close. No, it's, it's just know, but not one even of the things, close. But one of the things when you talk about the run game, though, when is, the, I, I literally can't even in my mind picture the last time they drew up like a stretch play. Everything, like he thinks he can only run the ball through guards. I don't, is, I don't understand it. Which is weird because he loves those, he loves those quick hitters to the outside to wide receivers. He right, loves like the, the extension pitches. horizontal plays, the pitches and everything, but he just, like, he won't move. I mean, Frank, I'll, I'll even double down on that. When was the last time you saw a counter? They don't run right. counters. That's my point. <laughs> just a, runs a, a counter, a stretch yeah. option where he can either go off tackle or cut back inside. I mean, there's nothing. Like, you, and you know what made me think of that, though, is because People were, um, you know, comparing his offenses to, like, pass over. Like, oh, well, you know, and, and this is just people are out of their mind trying to blame the defense. Well, like, oh, the 05-06 Bears. And, and I'm like, you can't rely on a defense and special teams to score points for you. It's it's like those years are anomalies. That yeah. doesn't happen. Like, that. You that's not how you build anything. But I even thought back to, like, the John Fox years when we were running the ball a lot with Forte, with – um. Who was the other that, that came right after 14? One, I'm not being that good. Jordan but he Howard. Howard. Oh, no, no, no. Jeremy, Jeremy Langford. Langford. And then into Howard. And we were running the ball a lot and pretty well outside of that, like, happy year of Langford. Um, and I, I remember when we first drafted Cody White here. And the biggest thing that everyone talked about was his ability to pull and how athletic he was playing as pretty much another tackle on these stretch and toss plays. When do we ever see our guards pulling anymore? When do we see a tackle? There's, like, no creativity yeah. – with any sort of run game. It's yeah. the most basic, bland thing. 
And it's like, if I'm being honest with you, if that's what you want to do, I'd rather you not run the ball at all because it's only a detriment. It's a waste of a play. It's a waste of a play. There's, there's, there's zero, there's zero misdirection when it comes to this offense. And it's, you know, a great counter is when you look at the bears defense. And I remember the blitz that Chuck Pagano, he called and it was like, there was all four guys were lined up on the right side of the offensive line or are the defense's right side. Mm-hmm. And, and they just bull rushed everybody. And like the, the offensive line was like, who the hell am I supposed to fucking block? But then you get to the offense and you're right. It's just like the eight, you're playing Madden. It's like HB slam. Ah, oh, call that for, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, it's never, we don't see counter runs. We don't see David Montgomery planting his foot, going the other way, cutting around. You just don't see it. And it's just, it's weird because Matt Nagy is supposed to be this creative guy, and he's but we we just don't see it, and that's what's frustrating. Um, and, and you know that that kind of brings up you know to the to the next point, and, and we're not even talking about the Titans game anymore because it just doesn't matter. Like they just the, the, the Titans yeah. weren't doing anything special. It was just they were beating a bad offensive line, and just and and Mike Vrabel. Outcoached Matt Nagy, and that just seems to be a common theme right now with him, where he's just getting outcoached by by better coaches. That's just what's going on. And you know, one thing I don't really like looking into the future too much because you just get so caught up in things, and you're like, well, you know, if this domino falls, like, oh, well, what if Bill Belichick really does leave the you know New England? Like, could he go to the Bears? It's just like it's just not fun because you're just you just you could say anything. Right. I could. Right, right, what right, if LeBron right. James wants to coach football? You know, what if Peyton Manning wants to come back? Does he want to coach the Bears? He remember that one commercial he did where he was Ditka, huh? Right, remember that? Right, right, He's right. obviously Bears fans. He should come back. No, but when when there's articles talking about the future, um, and, and it's something that I, I I found interesting was just uh, the the NFL on NFL.com. Uh, there was just an article about a QB carousel going into next season and, you know, where some different guys could land up. Um, and, and the one that they mentioned was Sam Darnold to the Bears. And you and I have talked about that a bunch. Mm-hmm. I still am, you know, I still think Sam Darnold is a very talented quarterback. And, you know, it's great to see Joe Flacco succeeding in an offense where, you know, there hasn't been much to work with. But, I mean, to be fair, that was, I think, the first game where they had Brashad Perriman they had Jamison Crowder and Denzel Mims all in the same offense at, at the first time this season. Like Sam yeah. Darnold, you know, he just doesn't have a lot. But I just found it interesting where, you know, it's just it, – it feels like the perfect opportunity for the Bears to pounce on a quarterback who you wouldn't necessarily think is available. What were your thoughts on, on just, you know – or what are your thoughts on the possibility of the Bears going after a Darnold? Is that something you would like to see? Yeah, no, and I, I think I, I may have even mentioned it. I know we've mentioned that in our personal conversations. I don't know if we talked about that in the uh, on the podcast, but I, w- I would love that. I, I thought I graded him as the best quarterback coming out of that draft. I think Josh Allen has, you know, taken that and that that acclaim and really run with it. Um, but I, I think it just shows you how high that I am on him. Um, and I will say, as I started to analyze things, this I think we're in a unique position of you know, when we talk about like football hell, where we're like, oh, we're never going to be good enough to go up and get a quarterback, or we're not going to be bad enough because we're, we're too good. We're going to win eight games. But this isn't the worst year to be in that position because we have a chance to potentially get a Sam Darnold in a trade because they're going to draft a quarterback early, more than likely. Um, you know, we have a chance to 
potentially get Matt Ryan in the offseason if they can get the money. Who knows what the cap's looking like, but just, just to play the carousel game, he could potentially be an option, and that's a, a bridge for three or four years. We know he's an elite quarterback, right? Um, potentially Danny Dimes. If New York keeps losing, they may try and get a quarterback early in the draft. So there, there's going to be, you know, Jameis Winston is on a one-year deal there. There, there's still going to be options that are going to be suitable for this team, whether it's this coaching staff or not. So we don't need to like tank to, as great as it would be to have Trevor Lawrence as a bear. Um, we don't need to tank, I think, to have really good options. So that that is, I guess, the silver lining in all of this. Yeah. Um, so I think it does cause for really good conversations as to what we can do next. But um, what I think is going to happen is, you know, Nick Foles stays. We draft a quarterback late in the first round, maybe even move up a little bit and get the second, third, fourth guy on, uh, you know, on the quarterback board and, and, and kind of try to groom him for half a season or whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what we do because just like you said, I, I think this team has hit its ceiling and you're kind of out of options. Cause if your ceiling is six to eight wins, you know, you maybe can give people false hope on a year to year basis, but you're also not going to be able to build too much because yeah. it's not going to get you the quarterback that you need. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's what we have. I, I've, been saying it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'll continue to say it. I've, I've, I, I, it's set in stone. This, this team has hit its, its ceiling with with the talent yeah. that they have, with probably the coaching staff. If I'm being completely honest, I just don't see where this team gets better, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Um, with that being said, I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that the Bears have seen enough from Nick Foles to know that he's not the long term answer that they thought he might be able to be when they traded for him. Uh, the, like you said, the good news for the Bears is that it could be a deep draft class as well. There could be a potential, you know, five quarterbacks. There could be Trevor Lawrence, um, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Uh, there could be Kyle Trask out of Florida, who's just like, I mean, he's just balling out right now. And he's the traditional pocket passer. And then there's the kid from BYU who's, I mean, I think his name is like Zach Wilson. And that's just the most BYU name of all time. And that would be so bears if they drafted that guy. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Um, but there's, it's good for them that there is going to be a deeper draft class. It's not going to be, you know, like a, like a, a Carson Wentz and Jared Goff one and two, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota one and two, and that's it. You know, like it's good that there will be some good prospects. And on top of that, it's, it's so strange that teams are just so much much more likely to move on from quarterbacks quicker. Like, the idea that the Jets will move on from Sam Darnold already, it's, it's insane. But the blueprint has been made because it worked for the Cardinals. I mean, drafting yep. Kyler Murray changed everything. It put all of these guys whose jobs were on the line because they drafted Josh Rosen – now they're right back in it, and, and they may win, you know, manager of the year or something like that. Like, it, it worked out, so these teams are going to – the NFL, it's a cliche, but the NFL is a copycat league, you know, and everyone follows and, and wants to do what works. And uh, the Bears just having those options is, is definitely going to help them. Um, yeah. But not this year, unfortunately. No, I know. And, <laughs> and you, know, you know, with that – you know, to, to your point, it's not, it's, not a, it's not, you know, Mahomes and Watson and, and nothing else. Um, but I think focusing on on this specific year, I don't think you caught my joke. Um, focusing on this specific year, I did. I just ignored it. Focusing on this specific <laughs> year, I mean, but in, in all seriousness, what do we have to look forward to? Because 
to your and, and this is the angle that I'm coming from, and I just really want your answer. And honestly, we can just move to our picks because I'm just done with this team right now. Because the way I'm looking at it, like you said, I, I do think we hit our ceiling. So there, there's not going to be drastic change if this coaching staff stays. Um, but if they don't stay, we're due for a huge overhaul rebuild that's going to take a you know a year to the NFL is pretty quick turnarounds with rebuilds usually, uh, if you do it the right you know if if you hit on some picks and such. But like, what do we really have? Like we don't have. I mean, maybe Darnell Mooney is someone that's a holdover into a rebuild. I mean, like Alan, I, I, I if I'm if I'm at this point, if I'm Allen Robinson, I'm not resigning with this team. No, there's not a fucking chance I resign. You have to double my pay to no. make me stay as a Chicago Bear. So it's like, what do we even have? I mean. Khalil Mack wouldn't – I mean, he'd have to be like a trade piece in a rebuild. Maybe Eddie Jackson stays, but safeties aren't don't stay elite for too long. I mean, like, what do we have to look forward to yeah. for this particular year? We no, may I mean, sneak in as the seven team, but then we're going to get fucking wrecked in the first round. Yeah, no, this team aged before our – just aged before our eyes after 2018. Like, you know, we thought um, on in going into 2018, yeah, this team could be pretty good. And then in the – uh, right before the season started against the Packers, they traded for Cleo Mack, and that just accelerated the clock. And you, you kind of understood, and fans should have understood kind of what was going to happen because with Cleo Mack, you know, if if Mitch Trubisky isn't that good, well, you know, you're you're going to get you're you're still going to get maybe top five, top ten draft pick. The same thing kind of happened with the Colts uh, in in 2012 when Andrew Luck. He just basically resurrected the franchise after just a terrible start. The problem was is that he accelerated the clock because you're like, okay, now this is a playoff team, but they're not going to be able to draft as high as they should have been able to. And that's kind of where the Bears are at, especially with giving up first-round picks to get Mac. You're just not going to be able to get first-round talent. You're just it's, it's just not going to happen. So you have to find talent in those later rounds. But the problem is, is that those – their floors may be higher, like a Tariq Cohen, like his floor is higher than, than maybe some other players, but the ceiling is super limited. Like he, it kind of is what he is at this point. You're, you're not expecting another breakout to happen. Um, that being said, Jalen Johnson is, is, is a guy that, you know, could potentially be a cornerback one. Roquan Smith, I, I think he's established himself as one of the better linebacker prospects or just linebackers in general um, in football. So there are a couple pieces um, on defense offensively, like you were saying, pretty much nothing. I mean, there's nothing on the offensive line besides maybe James Daniels uh, that gets you excited. Other than that though, I mean, Darnell Mooney, he's okay. He's okay. He's just never going to be like Kenny Galladay. Like he's never going to have this meteoric rise. You know, he's not going to be Terry McLaurin. He's just going to be a, a good wide receiver too to have on your team. That's it, you know. Yeah, and, just... well, and and that's that's my whole point is like we don't even have, you know. I I look at some of the teams that are bad right now. Like you look at the Washington Football Team, they're they have a lot of talent on defense and some really good offensive talent. So if they yep. can get themselves a, a solid quarterback, they have a nice core. We don't really have a core right now. No. In terms of like, in terms of like a rebuild, because you have Khalil Mack, you have you know your big names on defense, but if we rebuild for a year or two, there's there's not going to be much holdover for that. And you know that was one thing. You know you you kind of started with 2018. That was one thing that really bothered me. That I saw that there were quite a few Bears fans that like weren't that mad. They were like, oh well, we're still young. And I'm like, no, that's not how the NFL works, man. When you have a shot, you go for it. You do. Yeah. And that was why, like, seeing the way Nagy called that game, and really he's been calling every game like that ever since then, 
like so conservatively. Like I was like, are you're you're playing as if we have another playoff game next week if we lose this game? Yeah, you know what I mean. And like it, it, the NFL is just so unpredictable. But to your point, it's also a copycat league because ever since the Rams did did what they did to us on on Monday Night Football in 2018. We haven't been able to figure it out. Matt, Matt Nagy has not been able to adjust whatever it is that they did to us. It's been downhill since then with this offense. Yeah, and since 2018, he's been a he's been a 500 coach. Like he's just he's just not the guy that we were sold on. He hasn't fixed the offense. He didn't yeah. fix the quarterback position. Like that that's where I'm getting to at the point where it's like if this team has hit its ceiling, make the change now. Don't wait. Don't don't just do things just to do it. Don't just think- say oh well we like Matt Nagy like. It's great that you like him, but but if he's a 500 coach, it's just an embodiment of what we've been saying. This team right now is just all about, well, you know, could be worse. You know, could could be worse, and and that I hate worse, that mentality. But worse is better, though. I, I think that's where like people need to like sit the McCaskies down and be like, eight and eight is never a good exactly. thing. Like you need yeah. to be four and twelve or three and thirteen and get these higher draft picks. So you actually have something to build off of. Eight and eight doesn't get you anywhere. Right. All it does is give your fan base false hope every single year. She's like, oh, if I mean, I, it feels like. Do you remember being a young Cubs fan and like loving Carlos Zambrano? Like this is the year he turns around and he gets eighteen wins. And he, like every single year when pitchers and catchers reported, we had that report that Zambrano like, lost a little weight. He's tossing yeah. a little faster. He's got his stuff to get. And then it was the same shit. Like that embodies what the Bears are. Like. It's like, oh, like if this if this happens, like if Mitch just takes that next step, if we just do this, you know, we were we won seven games last year, we won eight. Like the Bears have never been like a bad organization. We will have, you know, every organization has the season where we're three and thirteen, but like for the most part, we are like middle of the pack every single year. And yeah. I'm just sick of the false hope. Like it, it's it's I don't even have it anymore. Yeah, and, and again, like, know it, what it is. The the idea that the that Bears fans were excited about Mitch Trubisky going in to 2019 that's not that was not unfounded and i'll never disagree like i'll never agree with people who are who are like ah, i knew i knew mitch sucked from the beginning like yeah you can say that but you have no evidence to support that like it only showed him getting better as the season went on you saw the eagles game where he was yep. he literally they won that game but the kicker blew it like let's just call it what it was and that's the last time I felt good about this offense, like, I mean, really, like, even going into this year, you're still suspect. You're like, all right, I mean, Mitch is bad, and, you know, Nick Foles, I, I guess, if he has to come in, that'll that'll be fine. And But, I mean, now we've seen it. I mean, he's not, he's not a game changer. He never was. But he's not doing enough to – and it's not just him. Again – the failure of Mitch Trubisky is not just on Mitch Trubisky, and, and it's a sad career. It's a sad end to his Bears career, honestly, uh, because it feels like this organization just failed him, inclu- Matt Nagy included, because they just it's not just him, but it always falls on the quarterback, fair or not. But, I mean, Anthony Miller, he's just a guy right now. He's just a guy who can occasionally yeah. make a big play. He's not the guy that they drafted in the second round. Just not. It's just yeah. not the case. You know what, though? It's it- – well, I, I agree with you to a point. It's so hard for me to point at the other things around Mitch because he never showed you outside of flashes every now and then. Yeah. Like Deshaun Watson right now has no O-line. <laughs> they traded away the best receiver, potentially the best receiver in football, a top three, top five guy. 
and he still looks, he passes the eye test. Yeah. Now, tw 2018, you graded him on a curve because it's like, oh, it's a new system. But you saw the improvement. You're like, okay, this guy, we could be working with something. If you can just get consistent, he's making some good throws. He gave you, you know, 10, 15 plays a game where you're like, hey, this is a guy we may, he, he may not be Patrick Mahomes. He may not be Deshaun Watson, but you, you could see the arm talent. You can see if this gets put together, this is a good quarterback here. Yeah. And then it just has been downhill from there. Yeah. I don't so want like to make it clear. I don't think that, that Mitch just escapes any kind of blame. Of course not. But I mean, we we're just, my, my point is that we're seeing the, the failure of Matt Nagy in the sense that maybe he's just a bad coach. He's just a bad right, teacher right, 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 right. because we see the, the the issues on the offensive line. We see the the penalties. We see the receivers not understanding routes. We see other things in this offense oh, other sure. than the issues at quarterback. So it's like, yeah. yes, Mitch wasn't as good as as he should be, you know, as we were sold. Of course not. But I also don't think it was all on him, and he wasn't as bad as everyone makes it out to be. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it doesn't. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. But I don't want people to take, because, you know, the online sentiment for a lot of people is kind of in that ballpark. But yeah. they take it as like, well, so we have to resign him and get, no, 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 no. We've seen enough that even with bad coaching around him, he's just not it. He still can't read defenses. He still yeah. can't make, you know, he, he's still overthrowing deep throws by 15 yards. And even looking at Nick Foles, like, again, as bad as it's been, he still looks like a professional quarterback if he gets time. Like, he's made some boneheaded throws, but, like, his touch passes are there. You can see him looking through the reads. We haven't even seen the basic stuff like that from, yeah. from Mitch. So it's like it's time to move on from him. And at this point, the way I feel, because I don't see there being some huge turnaround, I, I, you have to blow it up. You, can't, you have to go full rebuild, probably trade Mac in the offseason. I, I think the only way that this coaching staff survives one more year is if Matt Nagy – fires himself as the play caller and that's his last hope because who, who who else can you blame it on you I mean we went through the last couple of weeks of who he's blamed it on it's the quarterback it's it's the the offensive line coach it's to this it's to that you got everything that you wanted the last thing that you could possibly do is fire yourself as the play caller yeah and I mean I just don't if, if they are gonna full rebuild and blow it up and 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 select a new quarterback I don't want Ryan Pace being the general manager to I make know, that decision I know. because we've just seen we, we know enough at this point you know we he's Yes, he only drafted one quarterback, but he's selected three. He gave the contract to Mike Glennon. He, he drafted, he traded up for Mitch. And again, it's not so much about giving up draft capital to get your guy. It, and I've said this before on this podcast. It's the statement that he made where he said, I cannot have uh, Pat Mahomes or Deshaun Watson as my quarterback. I need Mitch Trubisky. Or it's nothing. And it's like that is the, the part about trading up that pisses me off the most, especially because he didn't even bother talking to either of the, of the other quarterbacks. And then he selected, he gave up draft capital and paid Nick Foles. And Nick Foles hasn't been bad, but he's good. And again, it's just this embodiment where we're at yeah. right now with this team where it's like, it could be worse. But, yeah. <laughs> but it could but be think, a lot better. No, but, but, but you know what, though? I, I, I think... I, I'm glad it turned out the way it did. Not, not like, obviously, I'd love to, the Bears to win every game and go undefeated for the rest of my life. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, like, I'm glad that we got to just kind of X off the excuses for Matt Nagy. Yes. Because now we have a guy in there who's supposed to know this system and supposed to be able to do everything that is asked of him in this offense, and we realize that while Mitch is a bad 
quarterback or like below average or average, you know, his kind of his ceiling is like average. I think more of the problem is Nagy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and the way I'll put it is like, because people will be like, well, if Nagy's, wouldn't you give Mitch a second try? Mike McCarthy was a problem for years in Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers is so good that it made it look like it wasn't a problem. But Packers fans were screaming at the fucking mountaintops every time they would lose in the playoffs. Like, we have to fire McCarthy. And you look back as a Bears fan, and you're like, shit, I turn them on every now and then, and they don't look so bad to me. But it's right. like when you really take a step back, and it's it's because Aaron Rodgers is that good. Right. And I, you know, you're not you're not drafting Mitch to be necessarily Aaron Rodgers, but it's like he at any point past 2018 and even at times during 2018 didn't look competent for the most part. Right. You know, no, no, so, no, it's, it's beyond time to move past uh, Mitch. It, it's probably beyond time to move on from, from Pace and, and Maggie. I feel like they've, they've done enough. They've provided enough evidence to, to, yeah. to just let us know who they are and what they're about. But let's just get into week 10 real quick. And then we'll, we'll, you know, Monday night football is the Vikings at, at the bears. So we'll kind of end it with a little more bears talk. Uh, kind of give some ideas of how the Bears maybe can pull this off. But let's get into it. Thursday night, uh, Indianapolis at Tennessee. Team we just saw last week for the Bears. Uh, Frank, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I, it may be biased. I don't know at this point. I don't know what the Colts are. Uh, but I know that they're better than Tennessee. Because if Tennessee looked like that against the freaking Bears, then they have no chance against the Colts. No chance. Going with the Colts on this one. I took them last week. They're kind of like the Browns, right? They're they're going to have those really terrible <laughs> games, but then they're going to bounce back. They'll be fine. I'm going Colts in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm going Colts as well, just because I think they are a very aggressive defense, and we saw what the Bears could do. So I think they're going to be even more aggressive uh, coming out of that, and I think that, that bothers Tannehill a little bit. Um, plus, I think the Colts have a competent offense that could take advantage of a bad Titan secondary. So I'm going Colts. It's unfortunate that they're straddled with a terrible quarterback, but uh, let's just uh, keep going here. And I'm talking about uh, Philip Rivers, of course, not not Ryan Tannehill. I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill be on the Colts. And and what does that tell you? You know, uh, Houston at Cleveland. Uh, Frank, you know, we didn't get to talk about Cleveland last week because they were on the bye, but uh, they 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 lost. You and I both predicted they were going to have a terrible game against the Raiders, I believe it was, and uh, they did. So now that they had that terrible game, they're going to have that bounce back. Houston's terrible. I'm going Cleveland. How about you? For the exact same reason I'm going the Browns. <laughs> Absolutely. That's you know incredible. my philosophy with the Browns. Yeah, they, they've given you a, a, a roadmap to, to picking them. Uh, Washington at Detroit. Um, Kyle Allen out for the season due to a, a leg injury, which is ironic because the guy who replaced him uh, had a worse one. Um, so in these type of matchups where the both teams are kind of bad, you know, Detroit just got, you know, just lost to the Vikings. I typically go with better quarterbacks. So I'm going to stick with that theory and I'm going to go with Detroit at home in this one. How about you? I am going to go with Washington just because I feel like their defense can really keep them in that game. And if Alex Smith can just, I know he didn't protect the ball last week, but I'm pretty sure he's going to start start this week. And, um, and I, I, I think he can get them to win. I'm going, I'm going Washington. Okay. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Uh, Tampa Bay just coming off of a brutal loss to the, to the Saints where they just, I mean, that was some real bad football, Frank. Uh, with that being said, you know, I know you texted me this, and I, I'll, I'll just say it, all right? I, I owe Teddy Bridgewater an apology. The kid can play, all right? That's, all, that's what I'll say. But with that being said, they just lost Christian McCaffrey again uh, for a few more weeks. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. And uh, we'll kind of figure out what kind of team they actually are. What about you, Frank? Yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay as well. 
All right, and then we got a, another really bad NFC East matchup, uh, Philadelphia at the Giants. Uh, I'm going to go with Philadelphia, Frank, just because I, I think they're the best team in the division, but I, I, I'm not sure. What about you? I'm going Philly as well. I, I, I just wish, I hope that team, or the, the, the team that wins that division is somewhat respectable, and they seem to be like the only team that has a clear <laughs> path, somewhat of a clear path to get there. So I really hope they take this game. And then we got uh, Jacksonville at Green Bay. This one's the lock of the week, in case you were wondering. Uh, Jake Lutton looked like a bad quarterback. So, yeah, um, I'm going with Green Bay, Frank. Green Bay. So, Green Bay is minus 13.5. Two touchdowns. I'd take it. I'd take it. <laughs> I don't know how you you're going. Them. You're going Green Bay? I, I'm going Green Bay. I may yeah. take them with the, with, with the spread on that one. Um then we got an interesting game. Should be a shootout. If you're looking for an over for the week, it's probably going to be this one. Buffalo at Arizona. Uh, Arizona, man, coming off a, a, a tough loss to the Dolphins. But Kyler Murray, I mean, fantasy-wise, he's got to be number one. And I, I think right now, just overall, he's 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 playing like like maybe top three quarterback in the league right now, Frank. I am very impressed with him. I'm going with Arizona because I, I just refuse to believe in Buffalo until we see them kind of get back on track. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going Buffalo. I I I like the strides that that defense made last week against you know the MVP favorite. I, I was expecting that, and, and while it was somewhat of a shootout, yeah. I mean, when you when you get four turnovers out of Russ, that's that's doing something. So I think they're they're getting back to their old ways, and I think uh, I think they have a tad bit more firepower than than the Cardinals do on offense. Frank, I talked about it last week, man. See, West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast. It's, you it's, did, you did say. I don't think about it, but I never go with my gut because I'm stupid. Um, and I don't know why anyone listens to me. Uh, Chargers at Miami. Frank, I'm going Miami. Because, first of all, how can you pick the Chargers to win a fucking game at this point? They just can't do it. They don't want to. And Miami, man, they look good. That defense is legit. Tua looking good. I'm going I'm going with the Dolphins for the first time this season. What about yeah, you? Well, so here's the thing. I, I like went halfway in last week by talking about Brian Flores as a coach of the year. Can, he's my coach. I'm putting in right here, right now. He's winning coach of the year because he has done wonders. I Name five defensive players on that team. I can't name one, Jack. Not one. <laughs> and they are phenomenal. They're so good. And, and, and just like you said, well, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, go, go too in depth. But here's the thing. The tra- I, I texted you this yesterday. I didn't know the Chargers lost last week. I was watching that game. I was watching the game, and I saw the catch. I'm like, oh, man, they finally get a close one. Good for them, man. Herbert deserves that. What a throw. What a catch. You know, Anthony Lynn, he's not, he's not as bad as they say. Good on him. And I turn off, literally turn the TV off and start getting ready for the uh, – the, I think it was an, another game that was finishing, so I, I, I watched that. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday – and they're like, oh, and another one for the Chargers. And I was like, wait, what? And then they were like, it was the sixth replay where they finally saw they didn't catch the ball. I was like, dude, you can't make this up no, with the Chargers. No. They just find ways to lose. Um, uh, but that, was... that being said, I do think we see I think we see Herbert struggle for probably the first time this year because that Dolphins defense. I'm going Dolphins. Yeah, I was uh, I was I was sitting at the dinner table on Sunday night, just you know, looking at my dynasty team. I'm I'm I'm, I'm winning by a ton. I, I know I'm going to win the game. Uh, the, the matchup of the week and uh, shout out to Q if you're listening. I don't know if he listens, but you know, just shout out to him. And uh, you know, I'm looking at him, you know, freshing. I'm like, oh, man, why isn't Herbert? I saw him throw the touchdown. I'm like, why is, 
why isn't it going up? And then, you know, Bleacher Report sends like a little notification that just says, and the Chargers lose another close one. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I saw him throw a touchdown. <laughs> and I look and I'm like, okay, I guess they, I guess they called it. That's, that's yeah, surprising. Yeah. I feel bad for him, but, uh, you know, some heartbreak again. But, man, Justin Herbert, legit. Uh, Denver at the Raiders. Um, I'm going to go Raiders in this one, Frank. And they're at home. Uh, the, the, man, Derek Carr, I owe him an apology as well. He can actually throw the ball downfield when someone actually tells him to do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Raiders in that one. How about you, Frank? I'm going Raiders as well. And I think to your point, too, and I don't want to keep, you know, every game ha- having too big of a point, but – I think that injury played a bigger role than people thought. And maybe the checkdowns were just because he was scared to stay in the pocket a little bit. I mean, that, that was yeah. a brutal injury that he had that year where he was, you know, in the MVP race. So I think he's kind of back fully comfortable because he has looked phenomenal this year. He, he's a sneaky top 10, top 15 quarterback this year. Yeah, and I told you Denver was going to, was gonna the offense was going to get going a little bit. I, I liked what I saw last week or a couple weeks ago. I liked what I saw against the Falcons. I know it's the Falcons, but... Jerry Judy finally showing up. I, I'm liking. I'm, I'm digging it, Frank. Uh, Seattle at the Rams. Uh, Seattle looking for a bounce back game. I'm not a. I just don't trust what I see from the Rams. So I'm going to go Seattle. How about you, Frank? Yeah, I'm going Seattle as well. I the, the Rams again. The Rams and probably the Eagles too. At this point, they just look like a Matt Nagy team on steroids. Yeah. Um, and. I just don't see I don't see Russ having another bad game because you know, the, the two weeks ago he didn't have the greatest game and obviously last week was a pretty bad one um, with the turnover so I, I I think I mean that's probably a blowout for me I, I think I think they they really because the Rams can't survive a shootout anymore yeah yeah and then the the next game we got here um, a little bit of a caveat I, I'm gonna put an asterisk to this one uh, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh so I'm taking Pittsburgh but that's with Ben Roethlisberger playing. If he doesn't play, I'm going with the Bengals because I don't like Mason Rudolph. I don't think he's any good. Uh, and they're going to be in real trouble if, if it is. But if it is Ben Roethlisberger, I'm going Pittsburgh. How about you, Frank? Same. Same. Yeah. I, there's we, very clear drop-off between Big Ben and Mason Rudolph. And yeah. uh, if, if Mason's – and quiet as kept, the Bengals are a, a – I mean, I know they're 2-5-1, and one, but – they're a pretty good team. Like they're in every game. So yeah, their offense is actually good. They have they're they're kind of like the Chargers, just like a little bit better, where they actually yeah. have some like they they have good pieces where where Joe Burrow can kind of just step in. He's got you know Tyler Boyd. He's got T Higgins, AJ Green, Joe Mixon. Like he has some good players surrounding him. Uh, but that defense is just <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, San Francisco at New Orleans. New Orleans has has bounced back incredibly well. Uh, they they're starting to look like the team that we expected them to be. And San Francisco is just dead as dead as you know dead as disco, as they say. I don't know why I just said that. I really want to just delete that part of the podcast. I know I won't, but <laughs> it's just the stupidest thing. But um, I'm going New Orleans, Frank. Yeah, I'm going New Orleans. I mean, too many injuries for the Niners. New we Orleans. saw what happened to them on Thursday night. Uh, Baltimore at New England. I mean, New England did everything they could to get Trevor Lawrence on their team. They wanted the Jets to get that win because Bill is always plotting. All right, he's the chess. He's the chess master. Uh, but with that being said, I'm going Baltimore because New England is fucking terrible. <laughs> I'm going Baltimore as well. Yeah, I, I. I don't think that's. It's probably not going to even be a fun game to watch. Yeah, it's a Sunday night game, and it's disappointing because Baltimore and New England is usually one of the best games of the year. I know. I know, and that's it's not it this uh, this year. And then we got the the game of the week for us, Frank. Minnesota at Chicago, Monday Night Football. I'm taking the Bears, Frank. 
I refuse to believe that the Vikings are good. We've seen <laughs> what they are, all right? They beat a couple bad teams here and there. They beat the Falcons. They beat the, the Lions. But so what? The Bears have done the same thing, all right? And the Bears are going to win this game. They're going to win 40 to 13. How are we getting those 40 points? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, okay. all right? No, they're, no, but for real, they're, they're going to pick off Kirk Cousins. They're going to treat him like a little bitch that he is. Like, we've <laughs> seen it a million times. We've seen it. We've just seen it with this defense. They, they yeah. know how to handle this guy. Dalvin Cook, they bottle up Derrick Henry, all right? Does it make me a little nervous that Roy Robertson Harris is out for the season? Absolutely, it does. But they, they have the game plan of how to stop him. I know Dalvin Cook's a little bit shiftier than Derrick Henry. is like more of the kind of, you know, just – get get going and he kind of just will burn you there but i don't know i i just i feel good about this matchup i'm I'm going with the bears yeah i think i think dalvin cook lived his whole life just to hear you say he just needs to to he's shifting and he gets going to get him going so <laughs> i think he's i think he's a con but he can retire now um, listen if anyone listens to this podcast for serious takes then that's on them i'm that's you know, true that's them. true but um, I'm going Bears as well. I, I think the, the route to the Vikings winning this game is Dalvin Cook rushes for 250 yards like he's been doing. Um, <laughs> but this is my problem with this Bears team is that we've, we've said this before this three-game losing streak is that the problem with them is that w- with the way that this formula is, we can beat bad or mediocre teams with that formula. Yeah. And this is another bad or mediocre team that we can beat with this formula. And we're going to win. You know, 17 to 11, and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God. And, and we're going to win because Kirk Cousins misses a wide-open receiver, uh, wide-open Justin Jefferson in the end zone with no time left. And, uh, you know, it's going to give the Bears fans false hope yet again. But I think it's just going to be the epitome of what this team is. It's going to look ugly, but there's we're going to connect on, you know, three or four more extra plays that we couldn't against a really good team because we're not playing a and we're going to eke out a, an awful fucking ugly win. And then we have to sit here and listen to the Monday night crew say the same shit that every other, you know, national media says about this team and enjoy it. All right. Over, under, half. So so if it happens, it's the over. If not, it's the under. Okay. Will we see the Bears quarterback graphic of how many Bears quarterbacks have started for the Bears since over. the beginning of the dawn of time. Over. <laughs> How many times do we see it? Three, four? Three, three times. Do we get a Jay Cutler reference? We get numerous Jay, Cut- Jay Cutler references. <laughs> God damn it. I'm so tired of seeing the graphic. We, we get it. All right? Everybody, who, even people who don't live in Chicago, are tired of the graphic because they've seen it. So many goddamn times. And now they have these, like, weird cartoon animations, and they just, like, show a bunch of... Yeah, I was thinking the same. Like, what is with these, like, little... I hate them. They had this graphic with Tom Brady coming with, like, barbecue food to walk up to Mike Evans. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, Mike Evans ate a shit ton with Jameis Winston. He just came off, like, a 1,400-yard season. Like, what are you guys talking about? They don't even know, Frank. They, They don't. They don't know. But uh, that, that's going to do it. Uh, the bye week teams, if you're curious, Kansas City, uh, the Jets, Atlanta, and Dallas. Those are the teams on their bye week this week. Mitch Trubisky can't even outgame Patrick Mahomes on his bye week. No, he can't because he's hurt. <laughs> and you should feel bad about what you just said. All right? The man is hurting on the inside and on the outside. <laughs> 
But that'll do it from the Corn Tough Podcast. I'm Jack Savio. He's Frank Neris. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, as Frank said earlier, Chuck Pagano, thank you for listening as well. Um, and one last thing I want to say before we get out of here, Frank. Congratulations to pre- uh, to President-elect Joe Biden. Yes, and, yes. And Kamala Harris as as the, the first woman VP uh, of the United States. It's very cool. Um, in all seriousness, I, I'm beyond happy that it's Joe Biden and not the other guy. If you can yeah. call him a guy, I'm not quite sure. And for as, you know what, for as bad as this season is, we may even get into that conversation one day because I don't want to talk about the Bears anymore. We might as well just make this a political podcast. So keep <laughs> listening. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Frank, I'll talk to you next week, man. Go Bears. For sure. Later, everyone.